0: They complain when their rates were getting jacked up in three months, but they wouldn't. They're not changing their buying decisions. That was like a light bulb to me. That was once again reconfirming that what we think customers care about most of the time could not be further from the opposite. If you do those little things with every customer, every every single week, you will be a top competitor in. 80% of all the markets in the United States. What's up everybody and welcome to Self Storage Income. And today we are diving into branding, branding and marketing. This is one of the most important things moving into 2024, including and was in 2023 because we have vacancy, people need to fill up. So we're going to discuss the importance of this. We're going to talk about um, what we're doing. And uh, also, I think it's it, it not that it has a bad name. I, I think it's not what people think. Kind it's kind of a buzzword, right? It, it is. It's kind yeah. of a buzzword.
1: Yeah, like yeah. branding, marketing, advertising, like all of that. I think branding is, is misunderstood a lot of times, too, where I mean, even in one store, you know, your brand, your reputation, what people can expect. Um, and I really love the fact that back in the day, AJ, you guys from day one were building out your brand it wasn't it wasn't like hey we're going to go and run the storage facility or any of that it was how do we standardize each facility to not only operate the same but to feel and look the same when tenants are coming in doesn't matter if you're in washington or oregon or idaho everybody would see and experience the same service the same yes. products the same experience through and through um, and it's so important
0: to have that consistency i think that's a, the big difference i think a lot of times when people think brand they think logo yeah and yeah. Uh, that's there or that the name right and the only reason you remember names and logos is because of what backs them it's that you know you know nike only because of the hundred years or whatever right of nike that's why it's not because of the name nike it's not because of the logo and i think i see people put so much emphasis on their name when the reality is it's not important, then no one cares about the name of your storage facility. They just don't I, I like I had yeah, nothing. It's nothing. It yeah. doesn't mean anything. I don't yeah. know why, you know, there seems to be this emphasis on my name has value where it's important, right? Now, when somebody buys your storage facility, the first thing they do is swap out the name. Mm-hmm. It's like and nothing changes about lots of facilities Nothing ever changed when I swapped out a name and nobody ever cared. It actually Um, got better. It actually got (laughs) better. And so uh, Uh, I I think the reason, though, and especially this is true in storage, obviously that's not true in other industries. If you bought Nike and changed the name to AJ Shoes, immediately it would tank right? But storage isn't like that because that's not how customers use it. They're not using your storage facility because it's cool, because their neighbors loves that, you know, that isn't why it is a need based product. They search storage near me, and they're looking for things that are not your name. The reason the name and branding is important because of how it affects other things like Your placement on Google, your ad spend, your how your brand on the store and look matches your online brand, which improves your ranking. Therefore, you get more customers. That's it, though. And what a lot of people I think don't understand is that your brand and its overall power online and in the public has a lot to do with the staying power, how long it's been there, right? And what its domain ranking is and what um, all of that stuff comes into play. So that is why a brand is important. And the moment you have a brand that has a better ranking or better than that, you swap it And then it's improved. It's not improved because you put a new logo on the door. It's improved because of everything in the back end that goes to do it. So people can now find you because you have a new logo. Well, that is due to the ranking and the placement and everything else that has gone on in the work that's been done for it. Um, And so if you are trying to build a powerful brand, the reason why you're doing it and how you go about it, right? You need to understand systematically what we're trying to achieve so uh are you what is supposed to happen for me brand is very much centered around customer acquisition Mm -hmm. and that's it so in storage how do you acquire customers it's online Mm -hmm. right and that is why reits have done so well in storage they can take over bob's storage who bob spent years in the local you know city and making sure he did all of this stuff and services and everybody knew who bob was and they all loved him and then extra space buys it and uh, three months later they have higher rates and higher occupancy and they're by far more profitable Mm -hmm. and nobody knew extra space was prior right Uh, that's how storage works now the same obviously goes true the other way around and so I think we got to break down branding into those buckets. First of all, branding in the experience. So like all the stuff that you were talking about, the experience that people have and how they feel. So you have your customer and what your brand means to them and the staying power and things like that. That's obviously important because that experience is brand. If it's bad, they leave. They don't stay. That That's independent of the logo, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then also your uh brand and what it stands for in how you are positioning your strategy and your business strategy so that would be the other bucket that i would put you have a brand that is not the customer facing but it is actually industry market facing banks things like that um then the third bucket that we can have and put is the brand and its name right and its look and then the marketing side of it, right? So the actual paid marketing and what you're doing uh, coming out of the gates with that. And I think that this is a really important thing because this, the sentimental attachment I think people have um, it can be off, often skewed. And I'm speaking to that from an uh, experience, right? So a lot of people want to know why we move from Key Lock to Store Local. It was very, very simple. Uh, Their domain authority outranked ours by a huge margin, which we obviously built store local. That was the whole point. And we realized that (laughs) kind of the purpose (laughs) the game in storage is ranking placement, everything else, because that has to do with customer acquisitions. Nine times out of 10, that always wins. And so when we could utilize a brand that others could, we could get the power of the reads. That was it. Right. So the, the name is the name. Our brand and who we are and what we do in the other two buckets, though, that didn't change. So all we were doing was getting the power of the ranking and the logo and things as, as it fits to customer acquisition. And then our, our the rest of our brand stayed the same. But most people that have a name, their, their domain ranking is I, I, they don't even know. It's like almost non-existent and they're struggling to try to compete with these big names and these big brands and they don't understand exactly why because people don't care about an extra space or anything else this really hit home to me when you know i was in uh oklahoma and we had a large public storage that dropped their rates by 65%. 65%. It was crazy. This was last spring. And I had been talking to the managers and some of the customers and the question was on that customer acquisition explaining to the customer that yeah, it may be 65% lower, but they're going to jack your rate up three times within a month or two once you get in. Um where ours is like still, it's like fifty percent off, right? So it's it a huge, massive discount. But we weren't going to do that, right? And we and you wouldn't get that severe upside. In mind. And the response was crazy. It was right, so I'll go with them because what you're saying is that at a future date it may or may not go up, but today it's less. And besides, I'm just going to move out anyway. Exactly. I'm just going to be there for three. Exactly. Yeah. So yep. all of a sudden, what I realized is we thought the customers cared about something that they actually didn't at all so they complain when their rates were getting jacked up in three months but they wouldn't they're not changing their buying decisions and um that was like a light bulb to me that was once again reconfirming that what we think customers care about most of the time could not be further from the opposite of actually what they care about. Yeah, it's a really
1: good example of of being able to actually get at the ground level and figure out what it is that the customer really, truly cares about. And not just any customer, like your ideal customer. Yeah, who you want. And what we found out was across the board, that's really in almost every market we've seen these huge rate drops, you know, these street rates. And that's really that's really the sentiment across the board. There's no one that's been able to maintain a high street rate for any reason outside of anything like you just yeah. can't, do it. can't do it uh you
0: have to play that game of, yeah. of managing those those customers rates. don't care when they no, when they, they really look don't. and they see 150 dollars versus 100 or 60 mm-hmm. the only thing they'll care about is if they show up and the place is a dump or falling apart or if it's like really far away all things being equal meaning they're all within three four miles and this they have all similar quality they don't care. Mm-hmm. It's like and two most of the time they don't even care about that. Mm-hmm. Um and they will pick. Once you're off a spread that big, they'll immediately just go to they're like there's no way I'm going to pay 150 bucks when I could pay 100 or 80. Mm-hmm. They're not going to do it. And um that was a and two also the buying decision was taking place far before. So um the Customers, we have a need that they needed filled. They vastly underestimated their utilization of it. They always do, right? Like you said, they think, oh, I'll be in it for a month or two months, and that they're not. They're in it for seven, eight months. um But then, too, they don't ever move. They don't change, right? Once their rate goes up three times, or very rarely. The vast majority don't. That's why that system and that game works. And that's why, too, that game where you drop rates and then up rates is the new standard that everyone's playing in markets all over. The only place they're not is when you don't have vacancy and you don't have new facilities coming in. So there's just no need to. But if there's need to, especially in reit driven markets, they're doing it. When you go into markets that don't have REITs or big players, obviously they're not playing those games because their, their acquisition process and everything is very, very different, how it works. Now, When you look at this and you say, first of all, what can I do and what should I be knowing about one of the biggest things that I look look at is you need to play the right games that your customers want and you need to separate yourself and stand out. So if you have the name Bob's storage and there are REITs all around you and you have one location, you will not be able to compete with them on ranking. It's not going to happen with your one store, one website, one logo, right? Because the ranking comes from the all the locations across the United States. And Google saying, we have millions of customers that have confirmed this. Mm-hmm. For your store, we have 100 that right. have confirmed it. So you're so far less. That overall right? domain authority. Yes, that overall mm-hmm. domain authority is like leverage on that individual location. So then it becomes, what are you winning at? How do you break through that? Right. Um, The first thing is you understand that the customer acquisition game is going to be much, much harder for you. So your current tenants, right, and existing tenants, right, you probably have to play a little different game. So your overall consistency within your tenant base, if you can't win at acquisition, has to be different. They can churn through people. You probably can't. It's probably not a game you're going to just win at. And you probably have to think of different modes of operations to bring in customers like some of the great ones that i like is partnerships with people that have incoming people coming in because here's where most of the time you win they need they need a lot of customers right so they need 50 plus a month or something right where you may only need 15. Mm-hmm. so the work that you do and when I, you don't need to hit as nearly as mass So if you are winning at the brand in the back end, like you are bringing people in, you are being price competitive. You are once they get in, you are able to close the cell to keep them in there to sell them at it. You do things like price matching, right? Different things like that. That's how you're going to win. So your ability and need to close has to be 10 times higher. Every single lead that comes in your door is worth it, it to you is a hundred times more important than to them because they'll have a hundred more people for that one that you will have exactly right. so you got to play a different game and i see what we general what i generally see is they don't want to change they're the one competitor is winning at that and they're like well i can't win at that and then it's just like this boohoo me mm-hmm. and it's like okay well play a different game i don't you know you You got to do you got to work and you got to do something, but they don't realize it. So then what they do is they spend tons of money on ad spend and then they're not even closing the people that are coming in. They don't have good hours set up. They're wasting money on the front end and on the back end. And all of a sudden they're just so less competitive. Um, They aren't really looking at all their tenants as individuals and pricing and things like that. So then they make mistakes on raising rents and people leave. Uh, the, the smaller you are, the more individualistic that your process has to be. Each tenant, how long have they stayed? Who are they? Where do they live? How did you get them? How are they coming in? Exactly. Are you, it has to be every single person. It's your customer, right? If you have one location and you have 150 units, you should know everything about those customers, everything about those units. And every time somebody calls you or comes in, you need to be Johnny on the spot jumping up hills clicking right because that's how you're going to win you're not going to win by spending ten thousand dollars a month on ad spend and ranking at the top in fact in a lot of markets you won't even exist like you won't even be on the first second third page you literally won't exist I mean even uh, we've even we've experienced
1: this issue of not even being able to rank on uh, third party uh, referral services and platforms yes due to the fact those markets are so uh saturated with those reits or for certain unit types there's just an inability there but again it's not a oh well i guess we can't rank it's a okay well we can't do that thing so what are we going to do to replace that thing
0: 100 percent.
1: like you were talking about i love the idea you're talking about this aspect essentially of getting granular, really understanding those tenants, where they're coming from is really important. Because let's say you have a bid strategy online, and you're looking at how much you're going to bid to get that acquisition in, are you going to pay two, three, four, five months worth of revenue from that tenant to get them in? Well, if that customer acquisition channel, let's say the average length of stay is only three months, if you're paying a five multiple you're losing you're losing money no matter if you're getting the occupancy for for a minute right so all of that data is extremely important and again really helps you identify those most valuable tenants that you can again then go and target more strategically as opposed to just going out trying to blanket everything trying to just rank generally all of that super super important when you guys are looking at property management software for your storage facilities there's a ton of options out there but no other option compares to tenant inc Tenant Inc. is gonna be your one-stop shop solution that has an amazing amount of tools that you can deploy at your fingertips to maximize the value of your facility, to operate it more efficiently, more effectively. They have an open API where you can back in almost anything you want, You own your data, and it's just an incredible solution. I can't say enough good things about these guys. Link is in the show notes. Be sure
0: to check out Tenant, Inc. Hey, podcast listener. Are you looking at buying your first storage facility, but you're not confident in your numbers or don't know what risks may lie? Well, we actually do feasibility studies for storage facilities that you can even provide to your bank. We do the underwriting, we look at the market, we tell you where the upside is and the risks so you can move forward in confidence and have a business plan. So day one, when you buy that facility, you know what it's worth and what you need to do. If you wanna learn more about our feasibility studies, follow the link in the show notes. If you're in markets too though, where you don't have REITs and you don't necessarily don't have big players, then all of a sudden, guess what? You can be the REIT. Mm-hmm. You can play their game. That's like a lot of what you guys did. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. It's exactly what we did. We went into markets where they weren't doing it. We implemented those strategies, yep. and we just rocketed. We, I mean, we had one facility that was, hands down, the worst location in the city. Up by an airport, you had all the facilities that are down in the facility. You have to drive out of the city, go up a hill to get to ours. There's, It's not... It's old, really old. It was on a land lease, right? But we were the only ones that were implementing our strategies online. And two, they weren't good. We weren't good at it, it right? No, (laughs) our domain ranking was like still nothing or anything, but it was still more than the competition. So you had a website. We had a website. We did some (laughs) SEO and then we started to run some ads. Yeah. And we crushed it. Mm -hmm. Highest rates, highest occupancy in that market. It's still still that today still that today yeah Yeah. and it's been a great one yeah we didn't need to do like we we didn't need to even perform at that level but all of a sudden we had an opening where that strategy in that market even for us being small right more that mom and pop almost especially at the time we, we were we could do that and it would kill and absolutely crush so in that market that That was the strategy, right? And so understanding the market, your strategy, who you're competing with, right? And then building out that brand in the three buckets. Mm -hmm. So the first bucket, meaning that customer experience, right? And then the overall industry or business, your business strategy, what are you doing? How are you executing, right? Being better at that, running a better business. Mm And then, then your final bucket, which is the least important, is your name. Yeah. And then uh, making sure, you know, that kind of stuff. Now, once again, there's options. That's why, once again, we went to Store Local. That's why we created it. So Store Local isn't just our brand, it's ours and lots of other people's. So we get to leverage theirs, just like the REITs get to leverage individual locations. So anybody can join Store Local and then use that name and immediately jump in their domain authority. That's literally why we did it was because that one bucket we needed to improve on. And we believed that in the market, that was not only going to be important, it was going to trump everything. So like 10 years ago, we were like, if we don't win this game, there's going to be entire markets in the United States where we won't even be able to be operational in if we're buying So what that means is, yeah, there's mom and pops that are successful in those markets and don't need to do those things. But their their cost of entry was almost always super low. If you're paying super high prices, everything else, then you have to be able to compete at a different level. It doesn't work. You don't get to pay like REIT and big boy prices and then compete like a mom and pop because you you don't have as much wiggle room. Right um you've you've really got to be able to execute so that entry price and your competition and who you're 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 competing with right that's going to be a big 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 deal to you and that also the biggest thing that i think we need to realize is you may say well i'm not in any of those markets um that's changing so i can tell you right now that between private equity companies I mean, our companies are being third, fourth tier markets are now getting players that are dominating that game mm-hmm. in small facilities. In fact, that's the only game they are d- wanting to do and dominate it. So this is something that is being universally accepted. And most markets will be playing this game, right? Mm-hmm. It, it'll only be very small markets here in 10 years that if you have one or two facilities, OK, well then maybe that doesn't even matter now because there are only two facilities. Right. But in any market that has regular competition of any size at all, meaning 5000, you know, plus people that has multiple competitors, then you need to look at and see if you are going to be in a position where there's vacancy and you have to compete. Mm -hmm. If there's no vacancy, none of this matters. And I think that was a problem people got into because vacancy had been gone for so long because markets were crazy and not normal that it didn't matter. The market did the work. They upped rates, they had high occupancy, customer acquisition, all this didn't matter. Well, now then when there's vacancy, guess what? They're finding out who's winning and who's not. And some people are really, really struggling while others are not in this market. Um, And we haven't seen that. We haven't seen that for a while. So the branding part, right? Your marketing strategy and branding part is of so much importance, it's not even like, it's the game, it is the game, that customer acquisition process and storage. It really is. Our customers don't stay forever. We have month to month leases. This is, you know, we, we have new inventory coming in. If you're in a market and you're like, I don't have to worry about this, but then somebody comes and builds 50,000 square feet, all of a sudden it might be the only thing you can think about and, and, and can do because at first it doesn't really matter, but then all of a sudden every month your occupancy is getting less and less and less because you're not refilling the units that you're losing. Why? Because they're going to a competitor, because they're cheaper, they're doing a better job marketing, value presentation and branding. All of a sudden you're in a year or a year and a half later and the value of your assets less than it was two years prior. And you're sitting here going, how did this happen? What happened? I thought I was insulated from those things. So what I would say is you're not, no one is. You may be momentarily, but if you're planning on that, That's a really bad strategy to hope and pray that you don't become in a competitive landscape. Instead, you should be working diligently to when the time comes, you now have years on that person. Think about if you're in a smaller market, there are competitors, but you're the best one and you're putting in all the time for SEO, for marketing, everything else like that. You're doing it constantly, like all the time. In that one market that city that name that location the google listings and ads and pictures and referrals and uh your ratings online and everything else and then a good competitor comes out three years after you've been doing that and put it the uphill battle to try to catch up with you is huge mm-hmm. even if they are a bigger player why because you've been diligently building that for years you have a brand you have a brand mm-hmm. and uh, i think that um you know, once again, don't write on your laurels here, people, we got you've got to be working on it. I, I No one should be surprised. Right. And this should be standard operating procedures day to day to day that you're doing reviews, rankings, all of this. Right. Um, so if the time comes, excuse me, not if when the time comes right, that you don't end up in a position where you're maybe you've been able to over years have income raise and stuff so you're okay because now you bought it at a lower value and everything but still you're now losing revenue you're not you're not being nearly as competitive and um then starting from scratch that's hard that is really hard so if you have to start from scratch when you have to compete and you have somebody that's bigger can spend more money and better Oh man, that is good luck. Good well, just luck. like you said, if those people
1: come into that market, that uphill battle that they have to meet you there, if you've been working on it for a decade, is going to be it's going to be great for you. But if it's the opposite. I mean, you you honestly might not survive. Yes, I mean, 100%. It's, it's such a hard battle to fight. And that, that competition, those landscapes, that's not going away. That's only going to continue. The market's going to continue to consolidate. Yes, it will. That competition's going to continue to rise. And there there are going to be times, like you said, it's not a matter of if, it's when, that there's going to be vacancy competition, and you're going to have to be positioned in a way that allows you to succeed in those environments. And if that's being, you know, branded store local or or, or another brand, whatever it is, it is, but having that brand having again, the standard operating procedures and everything in place that allows you to remain competitive in those markets and in those environments. It's absolutely critical and something again, that you need to be focused on every single day,
0: we talked about a few strategies, and I want to dive into a few more. So first of all, I'm going to give you a quick hit list everybody of how to start doing this today standard operating procedures of uh customers customer review quality right um that that is of of the utmost important customer reviews is going to be game-changing because the gods of the internet like google don't care about you but they do care about the customers social proof social proof Mm -hmm. now the next thing is that the customer acquisition process when you're not big every single customer is gold to you work 100 times harder than the other competitors per if they call and you have to call them back within two minutes you've lost 50 plus percent of all the customers they're gone when someone calls you to rent you answer on the second ring Mm -hmm. i don't care second ring and you get those people moved in the um the seo part Attributed to locale, meaning that you are getting local local content on there that Google is attaching that exact city, that exact location to that exact service because you're not going to compete nationally anything else, so compete that locally. Making sure that your brand online and on site matches everything identically. Do not have a different color brand on your website and then on your location, because Google looks at that and says, you're not the same thing. Big killer to people. The next thing on there that you have to uh, work on is lots of pictures and videos and more from customers, the better. This tells Google what we're seeing online and what is on the ground is real. That's what they want. They're looking for validation confirmation. When those things don't match up, Google goes, we have questions and we don't wanna push people because we don't know if this is real. Um, the next thing is the customer process, uh, the sales process, the acquisition process on the ground, right? Perfect that price match, right? If you're in fill up mode, you do what it takes to get your customers. You build it right. You, you work really, really hard on that, um, local connections with, um, real estate agents with people that are around and know your custom title companies, uh, apartment buildings, right? Things like that, build out those relationships and contracts so you can get incoming customer flow from outside your online portal or, uh, even your drive buys right now, when you do have drive buys, it's important to remember that your drive buys, uh, most of the time are still online. Because what they do is they drive by, they see it, then they ask Siri, right, to find it. So one of the things you do, geotagging locations. Uh, Very important. So you want to appear on the maps, right? You want to appear on the lines, and you want your name to be associated with the city locale. You want your online and your on-site customer acquisition to be immediate, thorough. You don't lose people. Um, You want your reviews built out. You want your customers to be your advocates. That will help you fight against anything. It's the most important thing that you can do. Uh, the next thing is third party validation, newspapers, right, press, all of that with backlinks to your site and location. Backlinks from verified good sources shows that you are real. And especially when it's local, the local newspaper, the local everything else like that, they have pictures, They have all that. They're backlinking then. Click here to go find there and it goes to your site. That is another thing that tells Google you're real. Your numbers on your site, your address, you need to be able to click it. You need to be able to look at that listing and immediately get to everywhere you want. One click, nothing more. Online rentals, you need to have available. Um, That is like your playbook for customer acquisition and branding. Right there, everybody, take it, perfect all of those things, and you will compete very, very well on a localized level. You will do a lot of things that even the big companies can't or won't do. They're not going to be nearly involved in local areas. They can't be. They're too big. So social validation and proof from important things, not don't do bad backlinks random sites that don't mean anything, that don't have it, that's not good, don't do that. That actually hurts you. Uh, Make sure that you have your SEO content, blogs, all your SEO that is the right words to the location, to the city, Uh, all of those details are in there. Work hard at that, weekly, daily, build it out all the time. Drive traffic to it, have people comment, tie in social to it, have other people do social. Little things, you guys, that you should just be working on every single week. If you do those little things with every customer every every single week, you will be a top competitor in 80 percent of all the markets in the United States. No, those are all phenomenal points here, and I think to so many of
1: us. We want that silver bullet, right? You're like, how do I, how do I compete against a reader? How do I compete against this really tough competitor? And we want some just monumental, uh, life changing concept or strategy. That's crazy, and it's like, no, that's that's not what it takes. And you broke it down really, really well. And the fact that it really just takes those day to day, just doing the, the the things that need to be done, doing them well, and doing them consistently over time, that is what you need
0: to do. That's it, hundred percent. Guys, that's the quick and dirty, but it's important and it's um, if you own a facility today, you should be doing all those things. If you don't and you're looking at buying one, you better look at what they're doing and not doing. That will be very important on your acquisition of the brand. You acquire it and you're like, I don't like their name or their brand because I want my name because that's an ego thing driven and I have this cool brand. And then you throw away what could be years of building up a brand and a brand name in a market where you then scrap and start all over from scratch. And now you can't be you, you like be very, very careful with that. Also, remember, guys, in your PSAs, your uh, when you're acquiring properties, the website is part of the assets. Make sure you include that. If not, it doesn't mean you get it. Just because you're buying a property a really good doesn't point. mean you get the website unless you actually outline that as one of the assets. Um, so you want all of those assets. Those are very important. If you're buying a site that has tons of referrals, I mean, if you buy a site that has 60 referrals, do you know how long it would take you to try to make up to I, I mean, if, if you don't have a more powerful brand, don't just scrap things. Right. And especially if you're in a competitive area, um, make sure you look what seems to be little non important things is huge when it comes to customer acquisition rates and occupancy. Really, really big. It is.
1: And and that's such an important piece of the, the intellectual property portion of, of an acquisition where, um, I mean, in reality, on the acquisition side, you should be looking at, you know, breaking up how much of the acquisition is going to each piece, right? How much are you paying for that IP? Or do you even need to pay for it at all? Because yeah. it should be, generating some kind of income if you're going to be paying for it yes. or not so those are definitely really really good points to bring up and, and discuss and talk about but man i tell you branding couldn't be more important in know in this day and age things are
0: rough out there as far as competition goes but again this is normal this is normal. just running a business works. yep it is what it is and that's the biggest thing that we're going to end on guys storage isn't a real estate asset it's a business i have been saying this for a decade now and i've been trying to drive this in and i'm never going to stop storage is a business it is not a real estate asset if you treat it like a real estate asset you're going to lose if you treat it like a business you'll win thanks everybody thanks everybody